Welcome back to the Adams Ward podcast. Today we're sitting down with Dory McAllister and we're really excited to get to know more about her. So we're going to jump right in. Dory, can you just start by telling us about your childhood and growing up? I was born and raised right here in Spokane Valley. Uh, I loved it. In fact, I attended the same church as a child as we do now. I love it. And I was baptized in that church. And they, they're, those that are listening know there's not a baptistry in our board building now. But there was back when I was baptized. So I have a lot of connections. I never quite imagined I would raise my family in the same place that I was born. Both of my parents were from Utah and they came up for a job and I just, and all of my siblings left and got jobs elsewhere. So I'm the lone man here in Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has left, even my parents. Um, But I, the sixth out of eight. Wow. There were four girls, four boys. We were all named D's. All of us are D-names, even my parents. And my maiden name's Davenport. That was a whirlwind, but super fun. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> Yay. Tell us about kind of like your home life and your hobbies and education. Um, when I graduated from high school, I always knew I wanted to do the medical field. And I got accepted to, at the time, it was called Rick's College. And I looked into the nursing program. Didn't realize when I applied and was talking to the Dean of nursing, he said I was too old. I was 18. (laughs) (laughs) He said I was too old and had too much college. And I thought, what do you mean? I didn't think to apply to the nursing program in high school. You know, it was a two year school. They wanted to like get you in, get you out, make, you know, make more nurses. And my dad, I, I'm I'm a little timid and kind of a timid person sometimes. And my dad said, you go in there and you make him remember you. Go keep talking to him. Keep, keep talking to him. Make him know your name. And, and I did. And he was this really tall, really large man. And I would just knock on his door and he was so friendly. He would say, okay, come on in, Dory. <laughs> I think. And he did. I got accepted to the nursing program and it's been my life's calling. So were you able to do your whole schooling at Rick's or? Yes. Okay. So at the time I would just get an associate's degree in nursing and right after Brent and I got married or right before we got married, they announced that Rick's would turn into a four-year school and nursing was my major and business was his major and we just stayed. It was a real blessing. Perfect. And to see so much growth. Awesome. So where has nursing taken you? Oh, goodness. Well, you would think a lot of places. (laughs) I really only, um, I worked for a little while in Rexburg when I first graduated and I was still getting my bachelor's degree. And, and that was really neat to work in such a tiny rural hospital. So then when we both got our bachelor's degree and we degrees, we came to Spokane, um, I got a job really easy and I liked Valley hospital is where I still work because it's smaller, it's really close to home. And I got I got the job, even without them. Brent was supposed to fax my resume and he missed like half the pages. <laughs> <laughs> and 
the lady at the uh, when I applied for jobs, she goes, "I didn't even get your whole resume." <laughs> that's you that's must how have been much that wonderful. Well, yes. or that in demand. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Tell us about some of your hobbies. Um. Well. Hobbies, I think, have changed when with your children. Right. You know, when I was younger, newly married, we would, you know, we like to go out and we would go on walks or hikes. I scrapbooked a lot. Like, I scrapbooked my whole life and, like, two months of Gavin's life. (laughs) (laughs) And then then it just kind of petered out a little bit. Um, I really like to read. I like to be, um, I like the sunshine. I like my family. We like to go boating. I like to do, um, we go on bike rides as a family or walks as a family. I like to, um, I like to vacation and visit places or historic places. Like I like museums. I like history. I like plays. So it's been neat to kind of, friends very adventurous and I'm not quite as adventurous and it's, the kids have been able to get, get both sides. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Tell us how you and Brent met. We met at Rick's in math class. It's not that exciting. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> it's cute. I love but it. it was different. The math teacher was really, it, it was a different style, a different it was just a different type of class. And after two or three days, he came up to me and said, do you want to switch classes with me to this other math teacher? And I, I followed him and I've been following him ever since. Okay. You know? <laughs> I like it. And then we got married here in, um, the Spokane temple, which had only been open for a year. Huh. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty neat. And then you worked for a little bit and then Gavin, yeah, we were married for four years before we had Gavin. Okay. Yeah, so I was working full-time as a surgical nurse and um, wanting to start a family. And then when I finally had Gavin, I thought, okay, I'm going to quit. going to quit nursing, do some, you know, be home. And it just didn't feel right. And that's how I kind of take my career is I just keep going until it doesn't feel right anymore. So I'm still working. Mm-hmm. And you've got four. Tell us about four. all four of them. For about four. Okay. Um, I, Gavin, he's a senior. It's really different to have one that's about to leave the nest. It's like, I, makes me sad and nervous and excited. Like every emotion I feel all at the same time. And then there's Grace. She's 14. And she is our lone girl. And she's just so cute. Um, she brings a sweet spirit into our home. She likes to play music and she'll just and her playing the hymns or church music or classical music just really changes the serenity of our of our home and then there's Giles and he is 12 and he's our deep thinker very witty and he he he's an interesting boy <laughs> <laughs> He's his own. He's his own person, and he is very independent in what he likes. And then there's George. And when we had George, there's a quite a bit of an age gap between Giles and George. And George is a redhead. And when, yeah, he's been feisty. He's everything a redhead is. <laughs> yeah, but 
we love we love him our family is complete perfect well can you tell us about maybe some turning points in your life or some experiences that have molded you into who you've become today um i remember in high school building the the temple you know i i grew up here and i thought man there's probably no way there's going to be a temple in Spokane. We're way too small. Seattle's only four hours away. You know, when my parents moved originally to Spokane, their temple district was the Cartstead Alberta Temple. So then when the Seattle Temple was built, that was a huge thing. I thought, oh man, wouldn't it be awesome to one day have a temple in Spokane? And so then when President Hinckley announced the smaller temples, and Spokane was one of the first that he announced. It was awesome. Exciting. It was so exciting. You know, we would leave high school and go down there and and see the progress of the temple. And they put the Moroni up. It was really neat. And then when we did the um, walkthrough, I went with my parents. And mind you, I've probably only been in a temple a handful of times. You know, we did an annual trip to Seattle. We did a trip once at Carson and on vacations, we've been to the temple a few times. That was it. Um, and so when I walked through the open house with my, with my parents and I remember being in the ceiling room and I knew like at that moment, like this is where I'm getting married right here, this very spot. And it was a really powerful testimony that, you know, in order to get married there, you had to be able to be worthy to enter. Right. And I didn't imagine it only be like a year later. <laughs> but, you know, it worked out. And so I think that was a big turning point for me. And in growing my testimony, I think seminary was a really big one. Just to be able to feel the spirit to our seminary teacher really um, emphasize you know, time scripture reading. And at the time I was a little like, what does it matter how much I read? I read, I read, you know, but <laughs> he Thank wanted you to read high school or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's very much. And he's like, Oh, I wanted you to read just 15 minutes. And, um, and then I did, it was the book of Mormon and I read it. And then at one day at the end of the day, he said, you know, we're just going to have a little bit of time. And you just read the last two chapters of Moroni and the whole class did it. We didn't have distractions of, of cell phones or, or, or anything. There was no distractions. And we just sat and we read. And it was like a permeable feeling of the spirit right then about about the Book of Mormon. And about um, seminary, it was it's pretty powerful. Those were some big things to, to help develop my testimony. Perfect. Um. So yeah, you kind of touched on gaining your testimony. So what has nurtured your testimony most during your adult life? Um, I would say just trying, like day, like day by day. Uh, I went through this period where I had a lot of bowel sur- like surgeries within a short period of time. I had three in 18 months. And it was really, really hard time. You know, my two-year-old would walk around and say, Mommy, your tummy hurts again? You know, and, and it was hard. And I turned to the scriptures, and I I feasted on them, you know, during during that period. 
And so during difficult times to turn to the scriptures has been helpful, to turn to prayer, and to be blessed to have the temple so close has been a really huge blessing. I remember a couple years ago, George went back to, um, George went to school, went to kindergarten, and it was different. My kids age range from eight to 17. So there's a, there's a, a big, big gap for four kids. And so I've had kids in my home for a long time and to be alone in my home was really weird. Like I did, felt like, well, what's my purpose? What's my purpose now <laughs> right, right. <laughs> during the day? You know, how am I going to fill my time? How am I going to be useful? And, uh, I found myself at the temple and I sat in the celestial room and I was just like thinking, what do I do? And the primary song, I'm trying to be like Jesus, that came like to my mind the very end that said, try, try, try. So it's just, it's just trying every day to follow the Savior. Perfect. Okay. Anything else you want to tell us about? Um, <laughs> well, I do have... <laughs> I know. <laughs> we know each other really well, Leslie. Yes. I know. I'm just trying to get some more, get more people to get to know you. Sure. Okay. Um, well, I can think we did have an experience of um, an answer to a prayer where we really wanted to move from our last house. And I, we felt like we were outgrowing it. I wanted another baby. We, we had three kids at the time. And... We, we wanted to move, and everywhere we looked, we just could not get a house. Could not get a house, put an offer on it, didn't get it, and it wasn't even in today's market. It was just, we just <laughs> weren't even getting the house. And and finally I prayed. I was like, okay, fine, Heavenly Father. I'll go wherever you want me to go. But in my mind I was saying, but not where I am. You know, like, I'll, I don't, I'll go to the north side if you want me to. I'll go wherever you need me to go. But I was looking for a, a, a change, a change different, different pace. And when I stopped thinking that and said, Lord, where do you want me to be? I was shocked. We ended up a block away <laughs> from where we were. The same schools, the same ward, the same stake, the same everything. But when I walked into our house, the place we live right now, um, it was like, this is where we were meant to be right here, right in this space. And so sometimes the answers to your prayers are just different. They're not how you expect them, expect them to be. And I've had to learn that over and over with my kids or with, or with work. I've said a lot of prayers at work, a lot of prayers to help people at work. And, and an idea pops into your head to, to help a person or to, um, check on a person. And, and you know that it's, the Lord guiding you because he, he loves you in, in every instance, in a big instance of, of relocating your family in a, in a small instance on helping a surgical patient. The Lord, the Lord is there. Perfect. Well, we're grateful you're here. I, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody yeah. in our work could say that. I wish in the podcast, you could see the fences between our two houses. Yes. Dory and I've gotten to know each other and I feel like our kids relationship has really been growing too. They've, we're grateful to have great neighbors. Yeah, so. it, it's, it's really neat to um, to have someone where you can just, and, and we have a lot, our neighborhood's great, but to have someone directly over the fence, <laughs> and we'll text each other and say, 
you know, the, the eggs on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> the bread's on the fence. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, and I got to put in our favorite Christmas present this year. I looked out the door, the window, and Giles, Dory's 12 year old, and I think all her kids. Yeah. had built a ladder so that our kids could climb over their fence and it had these red bows on it and it totally just made my Christmas morning. Uh-oh. So it was just one of those thoughtful, sweet, and just made me so grateful, you know, for to have just yeah. wonderful neighbors. So the back, the back story to that yes, is that, me. well, we've been talking about it for a long time and I don't remember when Giles, when Gavin and Giles went about the wood, but my grandma got sick on the 23rd of December. Like really, like, really sick like not making sense we weren't sure what was the matter with her i wasn't sure if it was a stroke or whatnot and and then the next day like the doctor told her like she won't survive the night and i was hysterical <laughs> you know i've my grandma gosh i've traveled with my grandma i was so close to her and and to everyone and so brent you know sees that i'm just kind of like inconsolable he's like you know kids it this is something that's hard, but let's go, let's go build a ladder, <laughs> you know? And, and it's nice. Like when you, when you're suffering, when you're sad, when you're lonely and you can kind of break away from that. I couldn't, I was, I was in the deep trenches, but Brent, Brent, Brent was able to, and to the kids and to kind of take their sorrow and to harness it to, um, surprise, to surprise your neighbors with a ladder or to, you know, serve a neighbor. And I think, you know, when we listen to general conference and we hear these stories of, you know, terminally ill people serving others or people that have all these great losses turning around and serving others, like this was just a tiny microscopic example. But when you can reach outside of yourself and to serve others that, you know, need it or just to make their day, it, it serves you more. Thank you. Well, to finish up, what does being a follower of Christ mean to you? Um, I think it means to never give up and to keep trying. I'm one who, um, growing up would like, if it wasn't perfect, I would throw it away and start over because I had to have it be perfect. And this, mind you, you know, my children, that before, you know, it, everything was saved on Google Drive, you know, or something. This was like hand done, handwritten penmanship, and I didn't like it, and I would rip it up and start over. I was such a perfectionist. And um, that served me then, it doesn't serve me now as a, as a mother. And I think when we feel like our life has to be 100% perfect or, you know, either you're really good or you're really bad. That's not it. You know, the Lord just wants you to keep going, keep trying, go to bed, wake up and start the next day to try again. And I think that's what the Savior would want. He doesn't ask for perfection right here, right now. He asks us to just be a little bit better and try every day. Thank you. Thank you, Dory, for sitting down with us today. You're very welcome.